Welcome to the Red Cloud Research Roundup, hosted by Red Cloud Financial Services. It is January 16th. The gold price has seen a steady upward trend over the past few months, and many junior mining companies have had positive news in light of the fact. Mining analyst Taylor Combalusier delves into a few of these stories, starting with Aura's Q4 production, followed by West Haven's drill results and an update from Altele Mining. Rounding out the episode, we have Timothy Lee, mining analyst, providing news on Tempest Resources' recent drill results. But first, Managing Director and Head of Equity Research David Talbot will be talking about Lake Resources and their demo test completion, as well as an update on Global Atomic. David, what's top of mind for you? Hello, and thank you for the warm welcome. And welcome to a new year of the Red Cloud podcast and episode 33. So I'd like to kick off the year by speaking about one of our top uranium picks, Global Atomic, or GLO on the TSX. We recommend the stock with a buy in a $7 target price. It is a banking client of Red Clouds. Now, Global Atomic provided an update of its Phase 1 feasibility study for its 80% owned DASA uranium project in Niger and a 2023 outlook. At the request of the Ontario Securities Commission, Global has refiled its feasibility study and removed some of the inferred resources from the Phase 1 mine plan. Now, to satisfy the OSC, the material is given zero grade and treated as waste. The impact of this change, in our opinion, is minimal. It only decreased the NPV by about 12 million US to 456 million, and it removes about 1.3 million pounds of production life of mine. But with plenty of upside and additional drilling already underway, we expect drill spacing to improve and for the resource to fill in. Thus, removal of these pounds, in our opinion, will soon be a moot point. What is more important is that DASA development continues. The mine access ramp is being driven. And with drilling underway, we expect another resource update, reserve statement, and mine plan earlier this year. We also expect a term sheet from the banking syndicate this quarter. This could lead to project financing for the mill in the second quarter of 2023. There is already 75 million U.S. in commitments from the Canada Export Credit Agency. Now, total capex is only about 208 million, so we don't believe that's a very large hurdle, especially as uranium prices again top 50 bucks a pound. Plant construction could begin as early as Q2, mine commissioning by year-end 23, and mill commissioning and production by year-end 24. The first uranium sales offtake LOI has also gone definitive. Global will supply 2.4 million pounds of uranium starting in 2025 to a major Western utility, and we expect more of this to come. So overall, Global is in a great position. It's one of the few developers that's under construction, and we could see cash flow from the sale of development ore even before mill construction has been completed. We reiterate our $7 target price and that Global Atomic is one of our top picks. The second company that I'd like to discuss today is Lake Resources, LKE on the ASX. We recommend the company with a buy and recently adjusted our target to 315 Aussie per share. Last week was busy for Lake Resources, as I believe the new MD and CEO David Dixon is getting his feet under him. First, Lake and Lilac announced that they had achieved critical milestones for the DLE testing for the Cachi Lithium Brine project in Argentina. The demo plant achieved 1,000 hours of continuous operation. It produced 40,000 liters of lithium chloride that was to specification, and the brine concentrate is now being shipped for conversion into battery-grade lithium carbonate and will be tested for purity. 
Now this is good news. It helps unlock the Lake Lilac JV and it should reduce investor fears about technical aspects of the project. Second, resources grew over 20% to 5.3 million tons of LCE, including the doubling of M&I resources to 2.2 million tons. The deposit remains open at depth and laterally. And M&I resources, let alone global resources, can easily cover the 1.2 million tons life of mind of LCD production that we estimate, using the expanded production rate of 50,000 ton per year. The third press release had important timeline and restructuring highlights. The operating team was being expanded and reorganized to align with the technical needs of the CACHI project. The board is being enhanced to strengthen governance and oversight. Offtake discussions continue with SKON and WMC, but are perhaps a little bit slower than expected. And focuses on completion of the next stages, such as the DFS, and further evaluation of the project timelines. Our takeaways are twofold. The release of the DFS has slipped into mid-2023, and there's a strong bulking up of technical expertise underway. We believe that the greatly expanded operations team should go a long way in helping investors accept technical de-risking events. The DFS and potential production delays may impact investor valuations, depending on startup expectations, but we don't see this as unexpected. It might be challenging to achieve production in late 2024, as per previous soft guidance, but we had already pushed our production startup into late 24, early 2025. With the updated resources, LILAC milestones achieved and JV agreement in place, and new board management and technical teams being installed, this press release was probably required. It helped lay out timelines so that strategic partners, off-takers, and financiers can make proper decisions. We do expect the DFS to support production of 50,000 tons per year LCE Akachi, given its large resource base, its financial commitments from Canada and the UK to fund 70% of initial and sustaining capex, and it has arranged two offtakes that would cover 100% of production. We have said for several months that we believe that most investors seek technical comfort, and to this end, the resource update, the catchy lithium chloride production being shipped, the addition of experienced technical team members, and even a more accurate development timeline, all are significant steps in the right direction. So we recommend investors get into LKE on the ASX before the DFS is announced mid-year. Well, that's it for me today. Over to you, Taylor. Thanks, Dave. This week, I'll be speaking about gold, which has rallied to a seven-month high following a slew of encouraging economic data from the U.S. Non-farm payrolls in December increased by 223,000. That's the smallest gain in two years while the unemployment rate fell to 3.5% and average hourly earnings gained only a modest 0.3% of 4.6% year-over-year. Inflation data released last Thursday was in line with market expectations, with the U.S. CPI report for December coming in at 6.5% year-over-year. That's down from 7.1% in November. This suggests that U.S. inflation has peaked and that demand for metals could tick upwards in 2023. Signs of cooling for the U.S. economy, employment, and inflation pushed the gold price to a seven-month high at the time of recording last Thursday, at one point hitting $1,907 per ounce. Keeping this positive macro setup in mind, I'll discuss several gold companies that have recently reported positive news. First up, Aura Minerals. We have a buy rating and $21 target price. Aura released Q4 2022 production results last week that were in line with our estimates. During the quarter, the company produced just under 68,000 ounces of gold equivalent. 
That's up 16% quarter over quarter and slightly below our estimate of 70.1 thousand ounces. We're forecasting cash costs of $896 per ounce gold equivalent. We note that this is the second highest production result achieved in a single quarter by Aura. The company produced a total of 242,000 ounces of gold equivalent throughout 2022. That was in line with our estimate of 244,000 ounces. Overall, Aura had a very strong fourth quarter on the production front. The company appears to have overcome the operational challenges it faced during the course of 2022. Should Aura continue to deliver solid and consistent production results over the coming quarters, we believe a re-rating would be warranted, particularly as the Almus mine comes online in the second quarter of this year and as it advances its other development stage assets. Next, I'll mention Westhaven Gold. We have a buy rating and $1.10 target price. Westhaven announced initial diamond drilling results from its Skunka Creek Gold property in British Columbia. The company drilled a total of just over 3,300 meters in 16 holes focused on two targets, the JJ Zone and the JJ West Zone. Highlights included 21.2 grams per ton gold and 13.7 grams per ton silver over 1.9 meters, as well as 6.8 grams per ton gold and 4.6 grams per ton silver over 5.7 meters. That was at the JJ Zone and extended it over a length of 590 meters. This mineralization was further extended along strike by 900 meters to the JJ West zone. Overall, the epithermal system extends over a combined strike length of 1.6 kilometers. Westhaven's inaugural drill program at Skunka Creek successfully confirmed historical drilling, extended known mineralization and trends, and identified a new style of lower grade football gold mineralization at the JJ zone. We believe a follow-up drill program is warranted to continue expanding known gold and silver zones and to test the lower grade football mineralization to see if it constricts to form a higher grade zone at deeper levels, as would often be expected in epithermal systems. And to wrap things up with, I'll touch on Altelay Mining. We have a buy rating and 245 target price. Altelay is a Red Cloud banking client. Altelay provided an update on the pre-production activities at its Taueto gold mine project in Mexico, where one 500-ton-per-day ball mill is in a commissioning phase, producing gold and silver-rich lead and zinc concentrates. We note that Altelay has faced numerous issues with the completion of Taueto, which ended up significantly behind schedule and over budget by the end of 2022. Following a comprehensive review, it was decided to split the project into an initial 500 ton per day stage, which is expected to be completed in the second quarter of this year, before immediately moving on to a 1,000 ton per day expansion. Importantly, the second ball mill is already on hand and many elements of the plant are already in place to facilitate this plant. We are encouraged to see steady progress towards ramping up Tao Weto to 500 tons per day and believe successfully achieving this throughput level by the second quarter should provide confidence to the market that the company could rapidly reach full capacity. We made extensive updates to our model to account for recent corporate activities, operational performance, and financial results. I refer our listeners to the note we published on January 10th for the full details. Over to you, Tim. Thanks, Taylor. This week I will talk about drilling results from Tempest Resources, that's TMRR on the TSX Venture Exchange or TMR on the ASX. Tempest is a Red Cloud investment banking client and the firm owns shares. Tempest reported results from five drill holes at its 100% owned Elizabeth Gold project in southern British Columbia. All five holes encountered gold mineralization. At the number nine vein, 
one hole encountered a 28.5-meter-wide interval of quartz veining, averaging 28.1 grams a ton gold. This includes multiple high-grade portions, including 167.1 grams a ton gold over 1.35 meters and 175.2 grams a ton over 1.08 meters. A second hole in the number 9 vein and two holes in the blue vein also encountered high-grade gold, extending both those veins to a strike of 150 meters, and both remain open for expansion. The fifth hole was drilled to test the southern extension of the west and main veins, located to the east of the number 9 and blue veins. The hole encountered two intervals of veining, and it extends the west and main veins 220 meters to the south beyond previous drilling, for a total strike of 400 meters. Assays are pending for six more holes drilled at Elizabeth in 2022. We believe these are strongly positive results for Tempest, with several intervals encountering gold grades well above the historic resource grade of 12.26 grams a ton. As well, the relatively wide intervals of sheeted veining bode well for a higher tonnage potential. Thanks for listening to the Red Cloud Research Roundup podcast. We hope you enjoyed the dive into recent notable mining news. Remember, you can join us every Monday for new episodes, and as always, you can head over to redcloudsecurities.com to access our research portal, to read full disclosures, and to sign up to our email list. That's it for this episode, and see you next time.